and there it is see there you go there you go you know i was actually kind of alarmed because i mean you've always had the deep voice but when you first joined i was like oh man jerry's been smoking some cigars he's got a man's voice now what's I happened to you cigars. oh yeah um i'm not always bearded though i've been smooth shaven a lot that's a disappointment that's a disappointment because you were really you were an inspiration on me growing the beard in the first place and oh, now well, i have like you. a full blacksmith beard that's even better. You see, working in a kitchen as much as I have, after a while, you just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore, especially with the mask. Incredibly ah. itchy. Incredibly. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I don't, I just don't go out in public anymore. Like ever since COVID, I'm like, I have a mask, I have all the precautions, but you know, I can have everything delivered to me, and like my kids are young enough where they they don't have to go to public school, so I homeschool them right now. Oh, yeah. And I get to work remote. So I'm like, I haven't left my home in like 150 days. Going strong. Yeah, it's That's super cool. healthy, right? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, Vitamin maybe, D is for quitters, is all I'm saying. You know what? I, I have a rather nice tan. What is wrong with you? Oh, well, you see, I ride my bike out to the beach and then that's the big part of it and then uh my bicycle some people think oh I was yeah. say, you said bike i was like oh you riding a hog and i was like wait, wait hold on no 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 uh, not yeah, the jerry yeah. i know this is definitely no, a bicycle no. it's definitely a bicycle gotta get that three exercise. speed four speed Got uh, pegs on the front pegs on the no, back no 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 it's like a 24 speed or something like that it's um where's the basket is that on the front a, uh i actually do have not i have like a little basket thing on the front but i <laughs> i have uh I have like a trunk, side side bags, the front and back, and just a little basket like bag thing. It looks like a fanny pack. You can actually wear it as a fanny pack. <laughs> very fancy, very fancy. But the real question is, where is the bell? Ah, man, see, I'm the bell. <laughs> Do you Here just yell compliments at people when they get in your way? Yeah, I'm like, hey, on your left. Oh, and by the way, Girl, those shorts match the shoes. Congratulations, <laughs> you look fabulous. And then I speed off. I would expect no less. And so for the uninitiated, hello and welcome to Persons of No Consequence. My name is Terry Smith, your faithful host. And today I have a special guest, somebody I've known for going on 20 years now, which has been oh, a yeah. fun thing lately. I've been having a lot of uh, old friends on the podcast. And by old, I mean people I've been friends with for a long time, not necessarily old. While you do sound like you're 100, I do believe you're still yeah, in your oh, yeah. 20s. I don't know how the time-space continuum has changed for other people in COVID. Like, is this like a Miller's Planet type situation? Are you it, like 100 now? A little bit. Actually, I was. I turned 75 when I turned 23. So. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I finally feel like my age is starting to catch up to how I feel inside. Like, when I had kids, I just turned 40. Like my back began to hurt and my knees didn't work as well during storms. And yeah, you, told, you, know. you told me you were like George Costanza at work. So I was like, <laughs> all right, yeah, I see that. That's you have really... to be George Costanza at work. Otherwise, people want you to do stuff. Like you just have to be ornery and act like you're just so put out. And then people are like, yeah, man, Terry's working hard. Let's give him a break. Man, I, I, I act more like a hybrid between Marco Pierre White and a counselor. So. <laughs> I feel like that's like a night, for a cook, right? Yeah, just, one night I threw a plate at a kid, and then he was telling me about how his relationship was getting better about an hour and a half later. Like, yeah, good for you. 
<laughs> he had to call because he had just saw his life flash before his eyes because someone tried well, to assault him with a plate. Oh, he did put it on a piece of rock chicken. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> well, in case the people listening don't know, you work in hospitality management. Jerry, you are a cook now. I, when I think when I started following you on Instagram, I was like, what the fuck is Jerry up to? You were working for hotels and now yeah. you're a chef. Can you take me on that journey with you? I When I went to high school with you, you said you just wanted to paint Gundams for a living. And then you disappeared into the night. And I hadn't seen you again. And that was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, I actually still uh, paint Gundams on occasion. But uh, for, for three and a half years out of the 10 years that uh, we had been departed, uh, I, actually, <laughs> I actually worked in the oil field, North Dakota. What the fuck? Yep. Oh, I got to hear some stories there. An oil field in North Dakota. What were you doing in an oil field? I'm, I'm like presuming, you know, you helped get oil out of the ground. But I feel like there's a lot of things that can happen there. There's a lot of things. Um, I was a pipe fitter roustabout. So I, I like put pipes together and plumbed in these sites where all the oil was separated from water and dirt and held until <laughs> trucks and trains and stuff could take it away. It was a fun job. I almost died a couple times. Yeah, it sounds um, your title was literally roused about, or was that just something that you claimed? No, no, that's straight up what the title is roused about pipe fitter. <laughs> yeah, then it sounds like, yeah, you probably would have come close to death a few times. Might as well just called you a rambler or a ne'er do well. Uh, well, you know what? There were times where you, you know, you just feel like it. you're out there working in, you know, whatever cold temperatures or hot temperatures North Dakota can throw at you, and you're just like, ah, well, we don't have a train today. Well, Trey, we're going to pick that piece of pipe up. Come on, put it on your shoulder. What? Yeah, yeah. That's and we're going carry, to carry it up a, two flights of stairs. So how did you end up going out to North Dakota? And for reference, you know, we're from bumfuck Michigan, you know, middle of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, you know, if you hold up your hand, as I like to say, because mitten, because, you know, people from Michigan don't know how maps work. And you look oh, at your no, middle finger and lower all of your other fingers. That's where we're from. <laughs> and yeah. uh how did you end up going to north dakota well i've been drinking as you knew at that <laughs> point in time yeah. is this what i found out you were shanghai just like you joined the french foreign legion <laughs> yeah oh yeah um no i had been drinking and uh my brother called me up because he went out with my cousin who who had gone out there they kind of knew some some similar people and my brother was like hey what are you doing right now? And I was like, well, partying pretty hard. And that's really about it. Working at the A1. We were working at the A1 together, the gas station there in town. Yeah, we were working at the gas party store, they call it, because they sell yeah. gas and liquor. So you can have a good night. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, and then I went out there for three and a half years. Made good <laughs> money and a couple stories. I'm missing part of one of my fingers now. Oh, my God. See, this is what I was afraid of. As soon as you said roused about it, I was like, so how many fingers does he have left? <laughs> I actually have 10. I just am missing a rather large chunk of the tip of my middle finger. I would call it like nine and three quarters. Then you can't call it 10 if you're missing a piece. Like, that's not fair. All right. Like, like even a dollar bill. Like if you it has to be over 51% to be counted as legal tender anymore. Yeah, that'll go. Maybe 49% by the end of the year. (laughs) So how did you transition back here then? So you're aroused about you're making good money one day. Are you just like, fuck it? Or did like they find all of the oil where you just did you decide to want to be somewhere that was not North Dakota? Because I can understand that as well. It was actually a little bit of everything. Um, Funny enough. uh, So 
a lot of our hours were being whittled down because we were used to like I was used to working 80 hours a week. Um, that was standard. And then I started working about 65, 70 hours a week. I'm like, man, this isn't worth my time being away from friends and family. So then I did a thing and I couch surfed in Boise, Idaho for a month <laughs> because that makes sense. Um, and then I came back to Michigan. And at the time, uh, me and a good friend of ours, actually, uh, Trevor, we call him, uh, and I <laughs> had a, a place here in Bay City. And I was uh, like, I'm looking for work, looking for work. I was like, I really don't want to work in the public sector. I keep want to keep in the private. Uh, and that didn't last very long because it's really hard to find oil work in Michigan. For sure. So it's like, oh, well, my choices are very little. I'm good with people. And I'm good at cooking and putting large scale plumbing together. And that's my skill set. <laughs> very, 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 uh, very different type of skill set. I don't think that that's uh, that normally goes together. It doesn't go really hand in hand. You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think so. But uh, yeah, then I got a job at Varian Lodge in Frankenmuth. I've been there ever since. Um, I started off as just a dishwasher and a fucking um, a line cook, and I was very good with people. I started bartending and doing real well at that. Finally, I was uh, promoted to like a sh shift leader. And I kind of had bullied my way at this point into being management. <laughs> As I was one at does. An yeah, I was at an impasse. I was like, listen, either you guys promote me to a higher place or I, I got to go somewhere else. Uh, I got to go back out west. And they're like, oh, hold on, hold on. And they took a peek at my resume and saw a lot of management behind the, the oil field gig. And they're like, all right, all right. Well, and that's when I became an MOD. And that's when you would have been uh, following me on Instagram. It's right when I became an MOD, I kind of made that because that was a wild job. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, so you made the big leap and you're working at the, the Bavarian Inn, which is an awesome place. I've eaten there a bunch. I've probably had your meals and didn't know that you worked there or knew that you worked there and didn't want to press my buttons. Cause it was afraid you were going to mess with my food, which is a thing that you would not do as a professional. But no, you, no. As, as my friend, and I've known you for 20 years, I feel like there might be a possibility. I would have definitely never, I wouldn't have never screwed with your food in the traditional sense. <laughs> you would have ordered like a chicken dinner and you would have gotten a medium rare steak. <laughs> Which is not, that's not a bad upgrade. You know, I would call no. that an upgrade. But that's, like you know, for fear of that. But I definitely, now that I know though, because I, I bring really large parties there. Like that's that's the place I can go because I know the food is consistent and I can get a room, you know, for less than like two grand, which is like no other place. Frankenwood is good for that. And then you also have the water park downstairs with the kids splash around and whatnot. The kids, whatever. You have a Street Fighter 2 machine down there, okay? Like, I <laughs> <laughs> think the kids are going down there. Forget that. <laughs> They also put in the Injustice machine a few years ago, and I was super disappointed because I love the game, and I found out it was the mobile version, and I had brought yeah, so cool. many tokens for that, and I was wronged. Uh, yeah, you know what? Our, our game, our like head game guy was like really proud of it. I went to go like look at it. I was like, oh, man, motherfucker, he, he, I feel hoodwinked. It, that's and exactly I, what happened. I walked away back into my kitchen, and I didn't come out for the next five and a half or six hours. I might be the only person who's ever returned my tokens there. I don't think that they were prepared for a grown man with a very large beard to go, uh-uh, 
I feel I feel wronged and I want my money back. And they're like, well, sir, we don't return tokens. And I just sat there angrily and sopping wet shorts because I had just jumped in the pool. And uh, they eventually <laughs> gave me my money back. It was the sopping wet shorts that would have done it. Oh, Probably. Yeah. I'm really glad I didn't have to take that call because I would have been so confused. I was like, Terry? What? Wait a second. Return to Terry? It's not a, you know, it's not a pleasant thing when people run into me these days because I am, I'm, I'm much worse than I used to be. You know, I was outlandish before, interesting perhaps. Now I'm just a cranky old man, and now I have like the money to back it up. So, <laughs> so when something doesn't go my way, I just, I don't go full Karen. I don't want to get anyone fired, but like oh, no. I will just sit there until something goes my way or I'm forcibly removed. <laughs> I feel like, I'm, and you can opt out for the bubble pipe if you want. <laughs> but I know you have to have a suit. Of course. All right. At some point in time, we're going to have to sit on your front porch. I'll smoke a cigar. You can smoke a bubble pipe or a cigar. <laughs> hey, there's options. And we can judge everyone who walks by. because That's what old people do. Grumpy old people. Grumpy old people. It's a wonderful thing, actually. So I switched over to a, an apartment because I wanted to save my money because that's what kind of curmudgeon I am. I wanted to be able to play the stock market, which I do now every single day. And to do that, I moved my, my large family now into a two bedroom apartment and they all hate me for it. But in a year when we can put a payment on a, you know, like a down payment on a house, they'll all be very appreciative. So what I do now is I sit out on my balcony and I judge so many more people. Because I live in an apartment oh, complex. <laughs> that's prime. It's like that motherfucker down the street. He's been wearing the same pair of pajama pants for like a week. <laughs> and I never have to leave. So I just want, like, I water my cucumbers that I grow out on my balcony. And I just stare at people. And I look at the old Italian dude who lives across the way. He doesn't speak English. And we nod at each other. And we sit there like old men. <laughs> I watch him chain smoke 45 packs of cigarettes in like an hour. It sounds like there's like a good, really healthy relationship. That's a good neighborly relationship, if I've ever heard. Yeah, of. I've talked to you and the old Italian man, and then other guests on this podcast, and that's the most human interaction I've had with an adult in uh, like half a year because of diseases. It's been mm -hmm. wonderful. They're, they're real. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, according to to like, uh, several news outlets, it's fake news. So I don't. I wouldn't say they're real, Jerry. That might be a political statement. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I had to gauge it. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to insult the guest. You know, you do work in hospitality. I, yeah, which is a tricky thing nowadays, man. I, I actually, uh, I work on a food truck now in Frankenmuth. It's like uh, paired with the lodge. Oh, okay. And, um, and I, I pretty much do the whole entire menu for it. That's awesome. So, so you got like the role in management, and they were like, "But just so you know, your team that you're leading, it's not going to be here. We want to put you out on the truck." Yeah, well, it's it's evolved. I was a manager on duty for about a year and a half. Okay, which uh, essentially what that means at the lodge is, uh, for me anyway, is is a heavy equipment operator, a line cook, first medical response, security guard, and guest relations manager so you're all those things <laughs> that One. is an eclectic group yeah and i've done a lot of weddings if i hear the cuban shuffle i actually kind of stiffen up and get a thousand yards there 
I feel like I'm picturing like the Suicide Squad. <laughs> like when you have to list your team members, only like one person makes food, which makes sense. You know, when you think about like the, the age we live in and you're it's not an independent food truck. You know, it's for an organized company. Everything oh, yeah. you said made sense. But that's like a scary group of people. Like You got six people rolling deep in this truck. And, you know, <laughs> what do you what do you guys serve? Like, what is what am I being handed if I walk up to the truck? Uh, well, I hope you like cheese because that's kind of the basis. Uh, a lot of our products are off from uh, Cheese House. Okay, yeah. that's kind of what I thought. Yeah, yeah, and um, it's called the Cheese Trap, and it's uh, all gourmet grilled cheeses and stuff like that. Um, we have a we outsource our cheese curds actually through a Wisconsin co-op, and they do a really good job of giving us product, and it's it's pretty tasty. Um, it's comfort food, so I, it's not like uh, it's you're not getting you know a fig figs on a plate with foie gras or anything like that. It's uh, <laughs> it's, it's comfort food. And so if you on a gauge of like one to the movie Chef with John Favreau, how good is your grilled cheese? Uh, well, it's all like on homemade bread and stuff, so it's probably gonna be about an eight and a half to a nine, oh, depending yeah. on the grilled cheese. I have a couple that are. Uh, are tens but every time i run the tens uh <laughs> uh if it's not me making them usually if there's four of them that'll pop up at the same time i hear why god why across <laughs> the comments it's like oh i better get over there so what makes a grilled cheese a 10 like i i i, I i'm a little bit of aware because I, I love a grilled cheese and i've been making some artisanal if you want to say just because i watched a couple of chef movies and i'm like i need to make stuff it can't just be a, a craft single you know what i mean oh yeah what oh, do you yeah. put on these tens because people gotta know people are slacking on their grilled cheese game i gotta say well um the one that i'm uh, ran last that was all from scratch first the biggest thing is the bread the bread is uh the vector for everything you put in between those two pieces so it's it, it's got you've got to be made like fresh that day or it's just got to be homemade you know from scratch that's the <laughs> big thing uh the rest of it is up to you know your, your own taste buds but for me, the last sandwich I thought was uh, was one of my better. Uh, so it was called the Big Pot Belly, and what it was was I can oh I pickled red onions, but I, I put so much sugar in my brine that I almost like I pickled them, but it was almost candied. They were real oh, yeah. sweet, but still has that vinegary taste. And then pulled pork, cooked off, and a homemade a Korean barbecue sauce, which a lot of Barbecue sauces are like a ketchup or tomato base or something like that, unless you're getting to like a South Carolina style. And that's a whole different story. But uh, this is soy sauce based. So it's a little bit salty, a little bit sweet, a little bit spicy. It's it's a really, really even balance and even a little bit of umami in there. Hell yeah. And then all that's cooked off on a flat top grill um, at home. The best thing to subvert that is actually some sort of like over the top cast iron um, griddle. That's what I would use. And that's what I do use at home. And then after your, you know, your onions are candied and, and you've saturated your pulled pork after it cooks off with the barbecue sauce, uh, I, I layer Munster cheese on top of that. 
and it's a little bit salty it's a little bit buttery um but it just really goes well with the onions stick that in between your two pieces of bread and by god terry you got yourself a hell of a grilled cheese well now i'm gonna need a cigarette and a sandwich because that was amazing <laughs> that was like poetry that was asmr right there i'm sitting there i'm like yeah okay what do you do with the what do you do with those pickled onions tell me <laughs> oh baby yeah yeah um I, and it's just not the truck I've worked on. I've worked up in the upstairs restaurant, in the Rutskiller restaurant as well. And uh, I've got a natural affinity for cooking. I, I, I cook for large groups and barbecues and stuff that come over to the house all the time. You just, uh, it, it's become a labor of love. That's so awesome. When did you find the love for cooking? Because like I said, like I know you've always liked cooking, but I know that wasn't always the original trajectory. I mean, you were a little bit of a rambling man. When I yeah, met you, yeah. you know, even in high school, you were an independent spirit. I think the first time I saw you on the playground, you were in a, you know, some sort of yoga stance and you're like, I'm meditating. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with this kid? Like, this is northern. Yeah. Michigan. We don't meditate. So yeah, how did no. so how did you find the love of cooking? What was it? Uh, well, you know, I grew up. Uh, my mother always made things from scratch. And I, we were always so centered around the kitchen and the dining room. And uh that was, I think, the, the catalyst. But as time grew on, I always ended up being the son of a bitch who was cooking for everybody whenever we got groups together and, and really popped off when I was in North Dakota. I started just kind of getting a little creative with things here and there. I, I, I made burgers one time and it's like, wow, I'm tired of eating you know, everyone's idea of a fucking you know, cheeseburger. I, what am I going to do? Well, I went and got buffalo, ground buffalo meat, and yeah. blue cheese, and then French yeah. red hot, and I stuffed the inside of the buffalo burger with, with the blue cheese. I didn't have cheese on top. No. And then uh, as it was cooking, I kept basting uh, the Frank's Red Hot on top. It's this really simple stuff, but to me at the time, I was like, holy shit, I just made something. And, and by the time I was probably 24, 25, I was even dabbling with smoking meats and, uh, and you know, making things from scratch in my hand. And when I moved back to Michigan, it just, well, I can, I can cook. I can do this job and one thing after another. And well, hell yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And I've, I've had a good track record. Very few complaints overall. Um, I've only ever heard good things about the inn and the truck and all the things you're saying. Like you just discussed I, again. I think we just need to get together and you have to cook for me. I'll pay whatever because you, uh, throughout this conversation, you've only described my favorite sandwiches. And as soon as you're talking about this Buffalo blue burger, I'm like this. Yeah, that's like the best. That's the best burger there ever has been. How, how do you know this? Did you pull it from my mind? The only way you could have made it better is I like to slap some morels on mine or some onion rings. Ooh. One of the two. Ooh, yeah, the onion rings with the morels. Now you're talking dirty. I know, I know. It was, but you're saying, I'm like, oh my God, that's my favorite sandwich. So you are a king. So you said you were smoking meat. Do you ever do briskets? Yeah, actually, one of our sandwiches on the truck is, uh, it's called the backyard brisket. Uh, barbecue sauce, real standard type of sandwich, but uh, it sells really well. We actually just pulled off some brisket tacos, cheesy brisket tacos over this, this weekend. God, I got to leave the house because you can't get anything like that delivered around here. I live in Grand Blank and there's a couple of OK barbecue places. There's a barbecue place right across the street 
and yeah. they don't they don't do the best. Like they're they're pretty good, but there's like one person that works there serving, you know, the entire mm-hmm. region since every place got shut down because of COVID. So I'm just like, ah, all the things you're saying, I'm like, I'm starting to get hungry. I'm trying to think of good interview questions, and all I can think about is a fucking sandwich. <laughs> oh man, that's that's the tip though. And I like oh, it's even I, I really would like to for the menu whenever we can open up the damn restaurant again uh we just changed executive chefs at the lodge and uh i'm excited for that i i'm i'm i've I've talked to him and who's my current boss about doing i i have a really good recipe for red curry like a a really standard taiwanese red curry but you know when when you make it from scratch um unlike just pouring it out of a bottle I, i short ribs Red curry short ribs, man. That's I have Hell a yeah. dream. I have a dream. Do they mess with that there? I know they're not. I know they have some experimental stuff on the menu, but it seems uh, pretty straightforward. You know, how I would describe it is, you know, it's an old white people area. So yeah, like... you're getting chicken and sausages. It's called the Bavarian in Jerry. OK, not the oh, yeah. Korean in, not the Taiwanese in. Uh, it's time to push the envelope and I get a little kickback from from upper management about this, but I'm a crotchety son of a bitch, so I keep pushing. Uh, one of these <laughs> you can things. just serve it with sauerkraut on the side, and then it is, then it matches the whole motif. Oh, that is German. Yeah, it's fine. Just add sauerkraut. I mean, as long as the woman in Lederhosen brings it to me, it's fine, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you'll, you're getting that. It's the dudes away the Lederhosen. Um, the, I, listen, the I late... said what I said, and I meant it. I want what okay. I want, Jerry. All right. <laughs> I, don't, I need to hear your excuses. I, the customer is always right. We're in 2020. Well, I have some fun stories about that, but we're in 2020. <laughs> so, um, we're, you know, finally making it into chef life. Like, give me some of the crazy stories. You know, we've all read uh, Anthony Bourdain's book. You know, all these other crazy oh, yeah. chef stories. Everybody has some wild stuff. And I know you still work there, so you can't shit on the place. And whether you want to, it sounds like your dream job. So I don't don't tell me anything that'll get you in trouble. Surprisingly, um, people actually listen to this. Yeah, yeah, you know, I listen to it. So I mean, there's, there's at least, there's at least that. Well, you're, you're um, nobody. Remember, this is persons of no consequence. That's why you're on the show. Oh, no. well, <laughs> if you mattered, this would be an issue. Oh, it'd be a big issue. I'm, I, I wear chef whites for a living. No I gotta stop shitting on people that come on my show. I want to say this is all in good fun. I really appreciate you doing the interview. <laughs> listen, we've known each other for like you said, twenty years. I this is just how Hillman people communicate. I've had a lot of people look at me strange, like you. You just called your best friend a no dick loser. It's like, yeah, man, that's that's how I show love. We, yeah, we've said much worse things. I there was a time where I was working on shift with you, and you paid a person who I did not know, who you did not know, who was just having a drink at the bar across the street, to come in and say as many expletives as he could before I assaulted him. You said, "Here's yeah. twenty dollars. If you can make it to at least twenty, you can have another 20. And he did. <laughs> he called me everything within the book. And finally, I was like, "Jerry, I gotta clock out. I have to fight this man." And you were like, "No, no, no, don't fight him. I paid him." The man laughed. He was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, it was a thing that you did once upon a time. That was a thing that happened. You know, I had a good laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me how how good are you to your your uh the people below you i guess <laughs> um well listen this is going to come to no surprise to you uh me like a lot of other cooks and chefs or whatever uh we have tempers it's not oh, all really? blown up like gordon ramsay 
but um, like you just when you have a busy dinner service and the guest doesn't really care about how busy you are what they care about is timeliness and a lot of people don't expect perfection that they expect is the best that you can do and it's still being tasty and that's because especially a place this isn't like a three-star michelin restaurant uh and that's that's what you have to try and give every night no matter how busy it is how short staffed you are fair and if i have someone who's having an off day and i find out the reason isn't you're not sick you're not you know your girlfriend didn't get in a car crash like it's something like <laughs> your your ex-girlfriend's boyfriend followed you on instagram and all of a sudden your day is ruined. <laughs> um if i find out that's the reason uh, i i have i will yell and um i think the most overreaction i this like i was telling you that kid put that uh chicken at the plate on top of the chicken and i just i looked at him after i went because it was real busy i looked at him in the middle of dinner service and i just went you're fucking better than this how dare you disappoint me and then I threw the plate at his head because I was just like, I just popped right off. Not saying it was right, but that's just what I did. <laughs> You're not saying it's right, but he's never done it since. He's never done it since. He improved tenfold after that night. I screamed <laughs> and yelled at him, threw a plate at his head. And you know what? He's a pretty damn good cook now. <laughs> it's lesson learned, right? <laughs> like that's yeah. yeah. So next time my kid pops off, I should just I should find the nearest Tupperware and just have at it, right? Yeah, definitely the type of way. You don't need to go to ceramics when he's just a little guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'll get there. He'll get there. He's growing. <laughs> you know, he's almost, you know, two, three feet tall now. Like, he can swing back at me. I won't hit him with anything too hard. Uh, oh, no. That's why you have, like, the little Minecraft foam pickaxe. And you just want the little hamstring him. So... But no. That's, uh, yeah, it, but, uh, I, I just, when you say the customer's always right, that I, I, I got a good one for that. Um, I've got a couple good ones for that, but my favorite one, and any guest that is listening, uh, anyone who's ever had a creme brulee, right? It's a frozen, like a, a, a chilled custard. Okay. And then you take the you take sugar, and you try to evenly put it across the custard. You take a blowtorch, and you create a, a, a like a glass coating on top, a sugar glass coating. And you crack it with a spoon, and it's really sweet, and there's crunchiness, and whatever. Sounds delicious. I think so. They're, they're pretty tasty, and uh, they even kind of look fancy. You know, they're fun to eat. There's whipped cream involved. <laughs> well, one of the servers, who was actually going through culinary school, comes back, and he goes, Jeremiah, you're not going to like this. And it's again middle of dinner service, and I look over the over the you know cooking area over to the dining area, and I go, "No, what?" He goes, "This lady wants you to put the creme brulee in the microwave and nuke it." I was like, <laughs> "But I can't do that." He goes, "I know. I was like, if I put it in the microwave." It is no longer a creme brulee. 
it just turns into a bowl of cream and sugar. <laughs> so it's no longer a chilled custard. Um, and like, so I heated it up just a little bit. I put it in there for 10 seconds. I was like, mate, so it was like soft. It was almost like a jello at this point. On. And he takes it out and she's like, no, this isn't what she remembers having. And I go out there at this point. I'm like, I can't do this. I have to correct this. It had to have been a different dessert. It was not a creme brulee. I'm trying to explain to this lady that that's not what she wants. It had to have been a different dessert that we had on special. And, and what she wants it, is diabetes, Jerry. And that's exactly what she wants. She's like, no, <laughs> fuck me up. I, I want an insulin shot right after this. And it's like, ma'am, I cannot do this for you because I'm just going to serve you a warm bowl of cream. And she goes, well, the customer's always right. And I know I had a warm creme brulee. <laughs> and I just went, ma'am, I cannot help you. I will personally take this item off your check because I think you're highly misinformed. She goes, <laughs> let me speak to your manager right off the bat. And the thing is, I'm what's called captain trained at the lodge. So what that means is at any given night, whatever happens in the lodge just falls under my responsibility or another captain, whoever's running the show that night. That particular night, I happen to be standing in for one of the captains who had to take off for a family emergency. So I'm cooking on the line and I'm taking calls. And I go, ma'am, I am the highest person in the building tonight. She goes, that's impossible. You're just a cook. I was like, first of all, <laughs> I am considered a sous chef here. Not the executive chef, but a sous chef. Second of all, here is my business card. And her face just dropped. And I was like, I'm telling you right now that I'm refunding you your entire meal. And after that, I, we are not going to serve you any longer unless you're <laughs> at the bars. But in the kitchens, you will get no more food. Oh, my God. That was possibly one of the most inflammatory. I got, I got some, some hate, some emails, because um, I also see all the emails that come in from our reviews. And uh, thank God this lady didn't know how to read, because she just said the hipster-looking faggot, da, 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 and she's just going off. I'm oh, like, my oh, God. Wow. See, you and, know, I didn't, I did not, it, well, uh, sadly, it did not surprise me that she was homophobic. As soon as you were like, that's not a criminal, I'm like, well, like, listen, if she wants a warm bowl of cream, she probably, she probably hates that you're Jewish. She probably, <laughs> <laughs> she probably hates that we like what Ryan Gosling looks like. Like, I'm not um, saying, you know. <laughs> she was the nose. She just saw that. And she's like, no, no, I don't like this fella. Oh my god, that's so disappointing. But again, sadly, not surprising. But I love that you pulled the "I'm the captain" now. Like that's yeah, oh, <laughs> that's I, a baller I, move. Look at me, I'm the captain. <laughs> um, yeah, just people are. I've learned that people, when it comes to their food, are crazy. They just uh, they want what they want, Jerry. Okay, uh, food is an emotional subject, and uh, when you go, well, some people go on vacation. They're just like. I damn it! I'm gonna have a good time. I've been working 45 hours a week. My kids are just—they—they they won't stop asking me for this and that, and just like so so focused on having a good time that they just—they uh, ruin it for themselves. And I'd like to say that it's a shame, but man, is it a source of entertainment for all the people that have to serve them? 
<laughs> well, I mean, that's not gonna ruin your night. You're not gonna get fired because you won't serve her a warm bowl of cream. Which who? I oh, know. Why? Why do you want that? I don't know. Like that does not sound pleasant. But <laughs> and it's that's just one of the one of the many things. Uh, honestly, the the best stories though all come from our banquets. I've seen. I so we had a, a wedding. We had a wedding. Um, a couple months or a year or so before this uh, teachers. Now, for everyone who's ever questioned if teachers are freaks, the answer is yes. <laughs> the absolute answer is yes. They party harder than anybody. Uh, <laughs> and they need it. I get it. I get it. I do. Um, and and they, were, they were always wonderful groups to, to, to wait on. But this guy's like, yeah, I had my wedding here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, I remember meeting your wife and all these lovely people. And I stand by that. But uh, at, at the end of the night, it's like two in the morning. We're trying to shut the place down. You know, all you teachers go to your room. There's a couple that are like bent drunk. Like they're, <laughs> they're unintentionally doing the, the, what is it? The, the Dougie or whatever. Oh, God. <laughs> they're just, the Harlem shaker. They're just moving their shoulders, trying to walk forward. <laughs> and um, I see out of the corner of my eye, this guy, he has, two girls on his lap and they're all making out all three of them and i'm like that's the happily married guy it's <laughs> wild and uh i don't know what became of that but oh i'd assume he's still still happily married well she's also a teacher you know <laughs> oh, yeah. maybe one of those one of those ladies was his wife and that's just I don't, that's a big that's thing how they now. roll yeah you know, I got to see this at the Bavarian Inn because every time I go there, it's like 40. It's funny. You say went on vacation, but like who goes on vacation to Michigan except for older people who already live in Michigan and yeah. people from Ohio. Cornfields and come see our cornfields. Yeah. Well, they get up here and they're like, ah, fucking U of M. And then I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> People who go to Frankenmuth on vacation, which I know it's like your livelihood. I know it's your bread and butter, but I've been invited by several people who are, we'll say, closer to octogenarians than I am. Um, <laughs> and they're always like, guys, don't worry. We got this. We're going to Frankenmuth. And I'm like, okay, listen, I do like Frankenmuth. You know, I hit up the record store. I go to the Bavarian Inn. I play some yeah. Street Fighter. It's fun. But like, they, it's like Shangri-La to them, man. <laughs> which is... It blows. It is like that to a lot of people, and uh, good for them, man. I'm I'm glad, you know. You know, where can I go to get German architecture and you know more sauerkraut than I can handle in one day, and then finish it off with cheese and strange polka music that just emanates from the streets. I was gonna mention the polka music. Uh, <laughs> I have a big problem with that as an audiophile myself. Like that's my second love is music. You know, food and music. Uh, I, you and I grew up in the same neck of the woods. Polka hour was just a necessary evil at your grandparents' house. It just was a thing. Like, why was it a thing? <laughs> I don't know. We're so close to Canada, but yet all of this polka music. Oh, man, it was just the pits. Every, well, uh, when, when I was a child, uh, we'd go to my grandmother's house to do chores for her. And I remember every time you walk up in the into the you know, in the mudroom, you can hear polka blasting from the kitchen. You're like, fuck, it's going to be a long day. <laughs> that caffeine-free Pepsi's not going to be worth it. Oh, 
why caffeine free diet coke was on on tap with with polka music playing in every single old person's house from northern michigan and i've never understood it it's such a weird cocktail it's the same it's just like <laughs> when the old lady goes to mcdonald's and she gets a coffee and a fish sandwich and i'm like where the fuck am i like who the fuck ordered yeah. this dude i would not want to be anywhere near that lady oh <laughs> that's like um we we have uh on some of our buffets we'll have sauerkraut salmon in the same vicinity and let me tell you Ooh. what man our salmon's good our sauerkraut's good but if you put those two things on the buffet that's that's just a unnecessary evil i don't think oh. i've ever got the buffet there it was always so dangerous looking the food looked great but the people that surrounded it uh worried me because they looked like i was going to take it from them and that's just not a place I want to be. Like, I'm not going to win that fight. That's not no. not who I am these days. And like, especially <laughs> if there's any question of an Opal or a Gretchen being in that buffet line, you're done. You're just done. Um, they, I've had tongs grabbed the like out of my hand, and then they start serving themselves. It's like, all right, I'm just you weren't doing it fast it. enough. All right, you were not. Uh, you were not on the ball there, Jerry. Well, they sure as shit weren't doing it fast, but to them, <laughs> they were just like, get out of my way, young man. I've got this figured out. I want a leg. <laughs> Are they ever upset when you emerge from, from the kitchen and you're not wearing later hose and you don't look like a small Dutch boy? Like, is that ever a problem? Because I feel, I feel like I'm like halfway into some sort of weird cosplay event when I go there and, you know. Mm -hmm everyone's there and then like i see a cook and like he's in like very very fancy like chef's attire and i'm like well hold on that's not right like that's not accurate don't no, all right uh i'm like <laughs> i'm gonna give you the rundown of uh, what it's like uh if i have to come out or if i come out i'm looking at this because i like to look at the dining room a lot uh just, but just you like like move like basking over his domain <laughs> Just like yeah, it's just like ah yes we have a full house i better get back on the line shit <laughs> um, but if if you see a cook and like a busy cook not 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 necessarily a chef like you know you see the chef who who walks around and you know mingles with the guests i am not quite there yet <laughs> so when when you see one of the chefs from the bavarian lodge line cooks come out survey or you see them in passing usually uh they're in an apron stained with a mixture of jaeger sauce and breadcrumbs <laughs> and uh droopy droopy eyes it looks like it's like is he is he drunk he's like no he just hasn't had his rock star yet for this second <laughs> rock star for this shift um I've, I've actually fallen asleep standing up uh in the middle of, of dinner service before I mean, who who hasn't? Like, it, it's the two people that do that are doctors and chefs, right? Like, that's that's where the yeah. party's at. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's especially after like a, a really big rush, and I'll go back, sit at my computer, start pricing things out, and math mixed with high intensity cooking is a really really boring mix. <laughs> <laughs> you just end up falling asleep at your computer desk. Next thing you know, someone's waking you up. Hey, hey, Jerry. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. Just five more minutes. <laughs> yeah, just I just need to close my eyes and I need to picture sauerkraut <laughs> dancing in my head. That's where that's where rest time comes in. Oh man, it's the chicken. I, you know, 
after you drop enough thighs and legs down to the fryer, that's what you see when you go to sleep. You're, count, you're counting, ooh, one chicken breast. Oh, there's a thigh. There's a leg. Ooh, livers. <laughs> the liver's where it's at. I don't think I've ever ordered the liver. I like liver worst because I was poor growing up and we were surrounded by German people. So yeah. liver worst and spam is a pretty normal thing. But uh, I don't, when I go to a restaurant, even like a restaurant like Bavarian Inn, which is, you know, it's all fully German attire and, and, you know, it's all classic things. Like I, I only order things that I don't know what they mean. So like, I point at the menu and I go, I can't pronounce that word. Bring me two. That's the uh, only thing I order there. You know what? You are one of the few people that are living their lives right by food. <laughs> if you cannot pronounce it, I can guarantee that you should probably order it. Well, that's the only way you try new stuff. Like, that's the fun. Yeah. Like, you don't go there to get a hot dog. Like, fuck, I can cross the street and get that. Like, I, I, I mean, across the street is another German-themed restaurant. Yeah, stuff. I mean, and they also serve hot dogs. And I can guarantee <laughs> you they're water dogs. I've seen how they operate. I know. Ugh. Anyways, <laughs> uh, not to throw but, shade, but, like, listen... Uh, just, just, they're good. They're good. But they're water fine. dogs. I'm just. There's more parking dogs. on that side of the street. But like yeah, that's, that's, really the only, that's the only thing is like that's to get to the Bavarian Inn, you know, you got to go around that whole curve. Maybe you cross the bridge. Like you got a couple of things that you can do. But they're right they're, there. Their coleslaw the recipe is better too. I'm gonna put that out there right now. And I'm gonna give coleslaw. Listen, I. Not enough, not enough seasoning. Not enough, a little bit of pepper. You need a little bit of pepper. And by God, if you're not putting white vinegar in your coleslaw dressing, you're just not doing it right. You're just messing it up. That's a white people yeah. problem, though. Like, it's, it's don't know how to oh, make yeah, coleslaw like, or potato salad. I'm like, come like, on. No, man. more mayonnaise. I'm like, no, not more mayonnaise. No, no, not more mayonnaise. That's one of the few things where I'm like, did an immigrant make this? No, I don't want it. Okay? Like, that's <laughs> if it's coleslaw or potato salad, any sort of salad, I'm like, you're messing this up. I guarantee it. And that's why we have for the potato salad, we have an actual certified German grandmother like that. So hell yeah, hell yeah, I, you know it's good. That's, that's how you know it's good. My my sushi chef, he's not Japanese; he's from the Philippines. And it's the best. It's the best sushi I've ever had in my entire life. And Dude, <laughs> I'm just gonna say, there's the Japanese work ethic in the food industry is fantastic. But if you get someone from like southern mexico or the philippines that's just another different breed of like work hard i've worked there's just a reverence for the food and i just i appreciate it and he comes out he does this coolest thing he sees me coming because i always go there with my buddy john and we order too much sushi as the very old japanese man who owns the place says every time he comes to take my order (laughs) he goes no 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 that's that's too much sushi and i was like no 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 sir sir we can handle it and now when we walk in there the chef just looks at me he nods and he brings me like the whole gamut you know, basically a smorgasbord of sushi. And I'm like, thank you, sir. You know what you're about. And he just that's has the time of his thing. life doing it. And that's what every time you tell me one of these stories, I'm like, I can tell him like, oh, you do it for the love of the game. You're in it to win it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I went to this. I, I wish I could remember it. But then again, I don't want to blow away all the good spots to eat at Detroit. Um, uh, that's that's kind of it's like you're a little safe right now because people have to wait a little bit before they can go back. But that's the problem yeah. with Detroit. Is if there's anything good, you know, fifty people that look like me and you go and ruin it the next yeah, day. Yeah, hipsters <laughs> just flock, and it's like, oh man, I get mistaken for a hipster all the time. It's like, no man, it's because I have tattoos on my forearms. It actually means I just cook for a living. <laughs> yeah, it just means well, that I hate everybody. It's not, yeah. I don't. I don't think I'm cool. In fact, I know I'm not. That's why. I'm here. <laughs> Listen, I, like, 
I, I, I was I was trying to level up alts on Warcraft Classic. I know where I stand. Um, no, but uh, there's this place, uh, a Middle Eastern place. And this is funny because you mentioned that about your sushi place. Uh, me and, you know, Tim and Gerald, and uh, we're, we're all ordering this big group of us uh, food. And they go, no, too much food. Too much food. <laughs> We make you red mode. And, you know, you're just like, all right, well, after you get like eight Americans sitting in, you know, uh, like a, Middle Eastern restaurants, like legit ones, a lot of it is like shared, shared dishes. For sure. So we plowed through that and they were like, more food. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's nothing better than going to like a Mediterranean restaurant because they're so down because like, like eventually like when they start they're like i don't know listen like i don't want to make any men the the menu is what it is but once you go in there a few times you're like listen this guy's serious just break he says oh, yeah. he wants all the shawarma that he can get he means it like <laughs> it's mediterranean they're close enough to italy where they have some <laughs> of the same mentalities and they're like no i'm going to fuck you up you're not either gonna have to take you out with a wheelbarrow and just I oh man, there's again, there's a place in uh, in St. Joe that uh, I I thought I didn't think I was gonna make it. <laughs> I ordered one euro, and what I got was half the fucking uh, rotisserie. Hell yeah, like... hell yeah, <laughs> that's the place to go, man. Like I used to tell, like before, I, like you know, when I did, wasn't feeding two small children and my wife, I was like. Fuck me up with food, sir. And then, <laughs> they'd be like, excuse oh, me? Yeah. What did you say? I'm like, no, fuck me up with food. Like, what do you got? Bring it. Full so round swapping me right now. I aspire to have meat sweats. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you if you leave without the meat sweats, like, you're doing it wrong. Like, <laughs> I just remember going to, like, the Chinese buffet with you. And they're like, well, listen, guys. Like, I know it's a all you can eat. And, you know, there's no time limit. But you've been here for six and a half hours. We've had to wash yeah. all the plates twice. Like you have to go. Like it's, Dude, it's I, I remember we would go and, and and I mean it's a Chinese buffet, so brought to you by MSG and mediocre. Oh, MSG. MSG and mediocre food. <laughs> I remember having ten plates, and this is probably the reason I gained so much weight in my senior year of high school. Um, <laughs> like nothing. Ten plates is nothing. We'd all eat ten yeah. plates. And then after you leave, you're like. We're coming out of the movies. <laughs> Who's getting what kind of candy? Let's share. Yeah, hey. God, what's the biggest popcorn we can get? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I got out of that alive. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I did. Honestly, every once in a while, my heart skips a beat, and I'm like, "That's probably you know the the four people's worth of Chinese food I had that one day, and that's where it's finally going to get to me." I oh, think yeah. you know you figure it out when you turn 20 and your metabolism stops. You're like, hmm. I can't hey. eat like a Mack truck every single day. Once a no, week. No, you really can't. Oh, uh, man. I, I, uh, I have to exit a lot of cardio. A lot of cardio in my life because when you're working in the kitchen, you don't actually eat a lot when you're working. Uh, but you like sample things as you cook it. <laughs> At least we used to. Now you have to wear a mask and all that. But uh, like just about every time, like if, if you had food, and it tasted good, and you were actually going to a real restaurant, not a fast food joint. 
your cooks most likely tasted your food before you did. Not like in a gross sense, like he's licking the spoon and then like, but um, what a lot of us will do is like, you'll take a spoon for a sauce or uh, you know, especially like if fries or anything, if they've been sitting under the warmer for a second, you'll know, snag a fry or for the sauces before you drizzle it over your, like, like a steak or whatever, like surf and turf and you have an aioli on top, you'll put a little bit on your glove. And you'll lick it right off your hand and change out your glove. So that's the kind of stuff you do in a kitchen. You're used to. So, like, I mean, I know this. I mean, I didn't, I've never worked in a serious kitchen. I worked a little bit of fast food, some stuff at Subway, a lot of bars. But I've never worked in, like, a serious restaurant. But I, I, I can assume, you know. I've cooked with you. I've seen you cook. I've seen other people cook. And I'm like, okay, I get it, you know you're not a you're you're strict but you're not you know you have to touch the food but yeah yeah now, you do. now you you can't you mentioned it with with covid like everything's changed how hard has it been working in the industry and going okay now i can't do anything no not just no leniency but also official status has like double tripled how serious it is so no one spreads any of these germs in the kitchen like what's it like yeah um well a lot of disinfectant, a lot of hot soapy water. I mean, it's always been like that, but it's more like that now. Right. Um, tenfold. You know, it's just uh, all your surfaces are cleaned on. Well, my hands right now are destroyed, um, which, uh, you know, you know, wear gloves so much. Uh, and then and you add on the heat and all the soap and water and the sanitizer. And uh, Sanitizer will kill your hands, man. Yeah, Might right now. peroxide right on it. Yeah, I look like a snake right now. It's it's <laughs> wild. But and the big thing is uh, a lot of people like Now, I have asthma, and I work in a kitchen, and I wear a mask all day. So I get a little pissy whenever I hear someone go, I can't breathe. Like, oh, my God. It's the worst, it's, isn't it? Like, well, my doctor wore it all day, and I've had asthma for 20 years, and I've had one yeah. all day. Put, put, a, put a fucking mask on. Exactly. So um, anyways, I don't work in the main kitchen anymore because of all the whole covid business and, you know the, the 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 lodge is like reduced to two-thirds or one third right. or whatever of its occupancy so i actually work on the truck five to seven days a week depending on how the weeks go and like let's say if it's 85 90 degrees outside it's probably 110 to even 120 inside the truck for sure because it's so enclosed and all that and all the fire sources and it's actually it has a black wrap on it. So it just sucks up heat. Oh, Jesus. But that being said, you know, we have to even be more careful on a food truck, all food truck folks do, especially with this COVID thing. Cause you have a smaller workspace and um, you're just, your standard operating procedures are, are much more strict. Like I said, with constant sanitation and, you know, we have tables outside, so you have to balance. You know, you see someone leave, and you don't have a lot of tickets up. You run out there, you sanitize the table real quick, and uh, it's the most physically demanding job I've had in years. And it was probably that way even before you switched over to having to go into full COVID mode. I can't imagine doing it now. Like, do you get stressed when people come up? I know before as a cook i'm sure you're like you're you're there for joy you know you're you're cooking something for food you don't do it because you hate it you do it because you love it oh, is yeah. it almost like a double-edged sword now when you see people approaching because you're like i could get them sick they could get me sick i just want to give them food why is it so awful 
Yeah, I do think about that sometimes. Uh, really lucky on the truck because it's so tall and uh-huh. they have to look up and we're outside. The disease has a really hard time transferring outside right? Um, just because of, you know, it, it's transfers by air. It's pretty much your spit and other, you know, airborne, other whatever. Fruits, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can say it. It's okay. <laughs> All and, uh, we get it. Hey, you know, and, uh, so with it being outside and such a drastic this and that, our, our chances of catching anything are very reduced. I mean, I've been working on this thing since April, and I have right. not had, had any issues uh, whatsoever. And I've been tested, so it's not like I've just been going out uh, uh, running so out there. You're not just winging it. <laughs> no, no, I've been tested several times, you know, so... Is that something that's mandated by, by, you know, by the company or is that something you just do on your own because, you know, you're serving the public, you got to go out there? Uh, it's, it's mainly the, the former and not the, the first, although, because uh, now that being said, I have to go through and I have my temperature change checked and I have to do paperwork and everything every morning. Uh, but and like I, I've, I've gotten tested mainly in my own volition, just like, yeah, I should always be sure, you know, especially working with the public. You know, the last thing I ever want to do is get someone sick, whether it be food poisoning or COVID, you know, um, for sure. I'm I'm here making food for people's joy enjoyment. It's, it's actually, nice that you care. Like, I mean, I've seen a couple of cooks that uh, let's just say they don't care. I can just <laughs> throw it out there. Total and like, well, yeah, exactly. Total fuck it. That's how I would describe it. I go, okay, I can't come back here. Please leave. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I, I get it. I do get that mentality because um, some people uh, still, even though they realize that the people in the food industry, uh, mainly your servers, I'm not gonna go ahead and say that us cooks really get exposed to too much naturally but uh you know they're still really ungrateful and they're not very nice and that's a shame but for the most part uh we i've most of us of all still give a damn which is good uh i haven't had hardly any troubles with people um being ungrateful or anything honestly uh i i think this is the best We've probably ever had it, at least in Frankenmuth, for people just being kind. Really awesome to hear, especially like not just that, you know, we're in a state full of people that that don't believe a lot of things and not a very progressive place to live. But it's it's nice to hear that at least people treat the servers right and the chefs right, especially in this situation. But overall, because like you like you said, growing up, like that was a thing, like, you know, half i'd say one out of two customers were shitty towards people that made their food or served them even in non-special situations so i can't imagine if that was still the way it happened now yeah and and i feel really really thankful that it's not that way i mean where we grew up uh i i I think people just feel much more entitled which is weird because (laughs) really because they're not we don't have anything there no like so poor there when we worked at the gas station together, for all the listeners, <laughs> Terry and I worked at, a, at the party store, like you said. And uh, I remember, I don't remember the dude's name. His name's not important. Um, <laughs> I think you remember this. Uh, he he was buying lotto tickets. He 
always oh God. there's that dude in the leather jacket and the baseball hat. He was just a little fella, goatee, <laughs> and uh, he was he always bought twenty dollars on the jack, which is a lottery uh, game or whatever. The <laughs> lottery parlance. It's the jackpot. Twenty dollars yeah. gets you several tickets. And he was like, he changed his numbers on a whim. And then he was rude to you because he changed the numbers. <laughs> and I remember you just going, would you let me do my fucking job? Or would you like to come back here and do it for <laughs> And I was, I was like, this dude has the goal to, to, to act like that uh, and be so rude, even though it was him that changed. Like that's, that's, that's how that backwards uh, entitlement works. And we don't have any of that hardly. Uh, in Frankenmuth. so good to hear, man. I stopped working for the public because we worked at that gas station. I had so much fun working with you and all of our other friends there. And it was like, not not the same thing, obviously, as working in a restaurant, but it was that nightlife. You know, we're there. It's yeah. like, if we're all having fun. People coming in, they're drinking. We were celebrities at the local bars. Like, it was a good time. But good... the customers fucking sucked. And I just, I could oh, never yeah. work in public ever again. I went full private. Like I work for a very large corporation. I'm in management. I tell people what to do and I don't think I could go back. <laughs> I don't think I ever could. Man. Uh, I didn't think I could. I didn't think I, I when I came back from North Dakota, I was really rough around the edges um, <laughs> and it took uh, a little while to kind of acclimate back to, you know, I remember one of the managers took tips one night uh, when I was, oh. before I was in management. I looked over to one of the guys. I was like, did he just take tips? Is that allowed? Is he stealing from us? He's like, ah, sometimes he's bartending. I was like, if that motherfucker steals from us, I'm going to jump him in the parking lot. <laughs> I was dead serious. I was like, I'm going to bust his fucking kneecaps. No one steals from me. And uh, it, it took a, it took a little, little while to get that out of the old system. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't really do that as an adult. Like yeah, that, I'm told like, that's you know, a salt battery. I, you know, I've heard that. You know what? I'm being yes, I'm being told. You are correct. That is in fact <laughs> a felony. <laughs> so private life uh, definitely has its advantages, but the public life I've learned to really love it. It's not so bad. I. I... I, like I said, I had good times working with it, and not all the people are bad. I make it sound like they're all awful. It's just they're so bad when they're bad that they ruin it for the whole bunch. Yeah. And as much as I work for corporate suits and dudes and chicks that, like, they've been richer than me their entire life, and now they will have more money than I ever will. And, you know, they ask me to do a thing, and I'm like, you know, while you're awful, I'd still rather do that than wait on some dude who has no teeth yelling at me because he lost the lottery again. You know, I could explain to him if you put that, those $20 every day that he came in into a savings account, even a low yield savings account, you'd have more money by the end of the year than you've ever had in your whole life. But oh, you go ahead, you switch up your numbers for the jackpot. You know what? Buy some Kino while you're at it. Fuck it. Buy <laughs> some fucking Kino. Uh, I will say this. I will say this. Um, as working as a male bartender at times. <laughs> I found out how real sexual harassment was. Oh my god. I, I was like, where's this going? Like, what has happened to Jerry? You can't order an angel shot for yourself. That's not how it works. Nope. Um, Middle-aged women, if you get a pack of them, uh, they're fierce. Flirty? They're predators. <laughs> they're predators. I mean, Jerry, listen. 
listen, we, we, we make fun of your looks a lot, but you're a good looking dude. You're in good shape. You've always worked out. Like I take care. I take care of myself. You take care. Like I'm sure you weren't, you know, you, you were flaunting it. You know, I'm just saying maybe you shouldn't have uh, been in such good shape and wearing what you were wearing. You've kind of brought it. I, on I was very informed. I was, uh, I'll, I'll give you the rundown. <laughs> I'll give you the rundown. Form fitting pants. I've got nice legs. Got nice legs. You you like to accent the legs, and uh, slim, medium sized dress shirt. Um, my red vest. You know, tie. Hair usually done up. You know, slicked back to some degree or the other. And uh, I went to go light the fire tables outside because we have uh, fire tables out there. Listen, listen, man, you're bringing this upon yourself. Not only are you looking good, but now you're bringing fire into the the equation. Come there's, on. Uh, there's even live music. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I come out from from behind the bar and I'm I'm going to light the fire tables and everything, and uh, I go to light this table and there's these middle aged, you know, uh, forty to fifty five year old women, and all of them start cooing and cawing and all this. I'm like, ah, shit. I know. Where, I think I know where this is going. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I've ever been grabbed that much in my life. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's that's so fucked up. Yeah, all I heard was, "Oh, you can light my fire," and then all of a sudden there was hands. You know, there was a time in my life where not only did I think that that was okay, but it was like I was wishing for it. I was like, you know what? Yes. And then you learn, you're like, I don't want anyone to touch me, and you're like, mm, I understand. I don't get it as much, but like you understand, I'm like maybe I shouldn't cat call people. Not that I ever, yeah. have, but I've watched well. a lot of. TV shows. Well, okay, I've called a few people, but they mostly were you and other people in my band. So I don't know if that counts. That's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's um just uh, I you know I I'll never experience the same thing that a lot of women do. But that was like a little glimpse into the porthole. It was a little and, bit of a flash, right? It wasn't even the first or the last time, but it was it was just a little <laughs> glimpse at that point in time. I was like, holy shit. I've just been grabbed and given room key, room card keys. It's like uh, this is like the perfect bump set spike to get my ass fired, <laughs> and that, fellas, is why you never accept room key, card key from another person if you're working in hotel hospitality, anything. One way ticket out of there. Oh yeah, because there's cameras everywhere. They see you go into that room. I don't see what happens if you go to that room, but we all know. We all know. <laughs> but listen, isn't that isn't that you know customer hospitality? Isn't that part of your job? One would like to think at times, but and there's been other instances. I remember uh, um, there was an adult actress. We don't need to to name names, but one of the guys that was working night audit noticed her like right away. Good for him, and. Uh, <laughs> Her and her companion were very, very forthcoming, wanting all three of us to come up and do a little shoot. And I was like, no. This is, it was, uh, it was like the corniest real life uh, <laughs> scenario I've ever been, ever seen. I was like, no, this will not end up well for any of us. <laughs> yeah that's like oh it was a good night and now i have a terrible month because now i'm back to couch surfing because i am no longer employed was it worth it you know you, <laughs> you well, the answer is, is you know it depends on how long you, you think about it 
<laughs> at first it was definitely worth it but after you think about it for a month and you're like ah oh, shit I need, I need to eat. <laughs> well, so, and I guess I, I got to ask the, the counter question, just being a good host is because your nightlife and because your work life is so kind of combined when you work as a chef, what is it like when it comes to not just like, you know, relationships, but even friendships? How do you, how do you do things with people? Is it only nightlife? Is it only like, Hey, I only hang out with people who stay up till six o'clock in the morning because that's what I do. What's it like? Do you do anything other than paint Gundams at this point? Um, yeah, yeah, I do actually. Uh, I'm an avid reader. I like to smoke cigars at the local cigar shop on on my weekends, which is Monday and Tuesday. Um, that's my my Saturday Sunday. And to be honest, sometimes it's hard. It's really hard to form like relationships and stuff, uh, like like romantically or the other. Uh, and I think that's why I've kept the same friendships I've had for so long. Like uh, a lot of the guys from high school, like our, our friends, Tim and Dustin and all these people um, over the years, I've kept in contact with. And you just have to make plans. You have to communicate a lot more fiercely with people like, hey, I'm off this day and this day. And then I have the rest of the month booked. Make sure you have this time off because I want to do stuff. And if you have good friends, like I'm really lucky to have, um, you just you make it happen. And sometimes it's it's a little frustrating, especially when you see like everyone going out and doing things on the weekends. But you know what? You don't do a job like this because you want to be able to go out with the guys on Friday or Saturday night. And, you know, we're going to go on a boat and get drunk. No, you're doing this job. You're sacrificing those moments because you have a love for food and, and sharing that food with people. So as much as sometimes, hey, yeah, I kind of miss the social life. Like, no, I just, I'll just plan around it. Yeah, it becomes kind of a workplace hazard. You're aware of it. You know it's going to happen. You just kind of deal with it. That makes sense. Yeah. I feel bad like that that does suck but I understand you know I, I don't quite have that with my job I have like 14 jobs that's why I have it but you know I have kids and it's mm -hmm. a similar thing there's nothing spur of the moment about it you know no. you, you make a plan two months ahead of time or you don't make plans exactly and um and that's like I feel a little bit bad whenever someone asks me it's like uh I, I really have an interest in cooking for a living uh, or whatever. I really like to cook. I, I like, I like uh, doing like, for instance, we have a couple of younger people for a while that were doing our cold and hot prep. And they're like, I, I, I kind of want to do what you do. And you go, no, you don't. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like, listen, I watch no reservations too. All right. <laughs> and let me tell you, no, you don't. There's nothing worse. There's nothing glorious about having oil burns on your hands and still having to cook through a whole service. Uh, it's you don't just want to do it. You just you don't just want to cook for a living. It's like there's no other fucking choice. This is the only way you're gonna get through life professionally. So I'm gonna cook. This is this is what I have to do. And it, and and that's the truth of it. If you say you want to cook, it's like man, well, you're gonna to have to prove it then. And a lot of people will break. 
Yeah, no, I I would. I know I couldn't handle it. Like I said, I had to get away from people and it's hard enough trying to organize a podcast, you know, for the listeners, it's one twenty-six AM. I have to be up in four hours with the kids, but it was like, well, this is the only time that I can get Jerry this is the only time. he's been. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I appreciate that so much too. Well, the cat's going to wake me up in about the same amount of time. I think I remember you saying something about cats and listen, they're little, they're little psychopaths. Love them dearly. It's it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I have a dog now and I love him. And for a little while he was the only shackle I had in this world. And then you know, you get married and you have kids, you're like, fuck. Now I just I wish for a cat. <laughs> the cat can take care of itself. You put food out, it knows not to eat all of it. It doesn't try to burn itself, you know, the apartment down or jump off the balcony if you're gone as kids try to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They they find your matches and this is awful. I was using those to light candles, not the carpet. Jesus Christ. Jimmy, <laughs> stop it. Oh, man. Well, seriously, though, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. I got to call it short because, like I said, I have to get up in, uh, yeah, four hours. That's about right. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I was looking forward to this uh, as soon as you talked to me about it. So thank you, man. Definitely. And we got to do it again. I have 45 shows, as any of the fans listen know, and I host them all myself. So I'm always, you know, struggling for content and getting people on. It's like morning radio. It's like I got to fill 46 hours for the month. Let's see. I could call my barber. I could call my grandma. Like, let's just go down the list. Um, But I like to start with the interesting people first. That's why I got a hold of you. (laughs) I appreciate you, man. I'll tell you some of the near death stories next time. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I'll have to have you back on this one so I can hear some of the crazier stuff. I want to hear all the times where you've almost lit yourself on fire and other people. And then I have like 13 other shows that I could get you on. I need to hear other different types of stories. I want to hear more about Gundams for right in the fields. I want to hear some of your crazy personal stories like outside of the, you know, the chef life for uh, Can't Be Killed Confessions. I don't know if you've listened to that one. I talk about shitting myself a lot on that show. Uh, yeah, I have a, it's, it's it's a masterpiece. I have some I have some peak peak drinking stories where I you know hell yeah hell yeah and then uh, I'd love to have you on Aiming for Mediocrity because it's like our old podcast that you were actually a normal host on Honky Madness. If people can hunt that down on the internet, that was a show that we did because white people be tripping, you know, and uh, in Northern <laughs> Michigan, th- that's all they do. Yeah. And uh, and hey, if you ever want to talk about you know, the Borderlands three, some, some Shadowlands, you know, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm, I'm, let me look through my Steam library. Like, what am I playing now? I play in like Trails of Cold Steel. I play a lot of Titanfall two. I saw the Titanfall the other day. Rocket League. I I play a lot of single player stuff or randomly like really high multiplayer stuff like. Either it's like a battle royale, like Warzone or something, something that I can play in an hour or something I can play in like two minutes, like Magic the Gathering. But I've been like down to play something new. I like to play dad games uh, right now. It's either, uh, honestly, it's WoW or uh, Divinity, Divinity 2. Oh, I can definitely play some Divinity 2 with you. I love Divinity. Oh, yeah. I want it slow and I want to grind. Well, I mean, we can definitely do that. And then also, you know, for the other fans listening, I know I've mentioned it on a couple other shows, but I host like 
15 different RPGs on my private server. They're all text-based, so you don't have to worry about matching up schedules. It's kind of like play-by-post, but works a little bit better in the days of, you know, instant messaging. But we have lots of, like, themed ones, like Digimon and Power Rangers, and then some classic D&D, you know, swords and boards. And that's, uh, that's quite the smorgasbord. I'm going to have to get in on that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, I'm going to go pass out. Thanks again, buddy. And uh, I guess I got to record an outro for this as well. So I'm going to I'm going to hop off here. All right, man. Take care. All right. Take care, man. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to Persons of No Consequence and our special guest, Jerry. I really appreciate you coming on. If you are a fan of Campy Kill Creations, of any of our podcasts, check us out, campykillcreations.com. We have lots of other podcasts. We have web comics over there. You can check out all of our new stuff. It all goes first on the website. If you are a fan at all of what we do, you can also check out our Patreon that's launching later on this month. So if you're a fan, you want more podcasts, you want early podcasts, you want bonus podcasts, it's all going to be over there on our Patreon. If you help us read our stretch goals we're gonna get a bunch of new podcasts including some serialized content so if you like us to do some acting or some anthology series those are all coming our way if you like web comics way more web comics over on the website and with our patreon we're going to be launching bonus podcasts with bonus <laughs> content, like I said, but also bonus web comics every single month. All of our series are going to get bonus issues if you're backing us on Patreon, and you're going to get uh, stretch goals related things to that. So we have a graphic novel planned if we reach certain goals for our new series, The Adventures of Lula and Ronnie. You can check out Fort Wars. That's the graphic novel name, and it's a whole expansive serialized story. So it'll be really cool to do. So check out our Patreon when it launches over there. Finally, if you like us, tell us about it. I want to see reviews. I want to see likes, subscriber numbers. Those are all super great. Five stars if you can. But also, just email us. I want to hear from you. I want to hear where you're listening, why you're listening, and specifically all the questions that we ask. I want to hear answers to all that stuff. So you can check that out over at campykilledcreations at gmail.com. Thank you.